Hello again to our podcast series. Last time we spoke about the fact that every moment is really a clean moment and we can bring into this moment whatever we choose based on thoughts, attitude, declarations that we might make. It's all up to us. And we also indicated at the end of that session that there is a reason why we don't do that. And it's really important to look to see what that reason is. Because if we make a new past and we're able to declare it because we can think about something differently, which means our world will show up differently, we can do whatever we want to do. So I recreate my past because my past doesn't actually exist. It's not like all past events sit on a shelf like books and I pull one out and I take a look at it and then stick it back on the bookshelf. Every time I decide to think about an event, person, place, thing, I do it anew all over again. You can watch the little neurons in the brain if you're looking through a microscope and see that each time I think about something, whether we'll call that issue X, I'm doing it all over again. And so what if we were able to redo our past, which you have to realize is not here. So my past that I'm going to invent today, I could have everybody be friendly and supportive and here for us and we're here for them. And you notice how suspicious your ego mind gets. And it's going to say something like, well, you can't do that. That's what actually happened. So you just can't make up some story and change the storyline. What it fails to say is what I'm remembering, I made up as well. There's a line in A Course in Miracles in one of the lessons that says the childhood that you remember never happened. That's because we keep re-remembering all the time. And one of the things I've been aware of for ages is that whatever my state of mind is today will color how I remember the past or anticipate the future. So now with new research, we can take that even further. It's not that I somehow remember my past in a more kindly way as if that were an objective fact. I now can recreate it in a different way. And remembering how important that is, that I reorganize the kind of thoughts I keep in my mind, whether it's about the present or the past, because that's determining the quality, the internal feeling, emotional quality, and the external events, people, places, and things that are happening in my so-called outer life, which is simply a mirror of the inner life. And we're also reminded that there is no one single objective world that everybody is creating that. Now, what I want to do is read an excerpt from an article that I came by years ago. I have no idea where I found it or whether somebody sent it to me or what. But a person was interviewing a Brazilian neurologist. And so he questions the neurologist, is it possible to communicate pure objective reality or even to experience it. And so the neurologist says, our perception does not identify the outside world as it really is, but the way we are allowed to recognize it. 
as a consequence of transformations performed by our brains and senses. Okay, here's my parenthetical note. As we are allowed to recognize it has to do with our programming. And then it goes on to say, we experience electromagnetic waves, not as waves, but as images and colors. We experience vibrating objects, not as vibrations, but as sounds. We experience chemical compounds dissolved in air or water, not as chemicals, but as specific smells and tastes. Colors, sounds, smells, and tastes are products of our minds built from sensory experiences. They do not exist as such outside our brain. Acting as a receiver, our brain, senses, and central nervous system process incoming signals in the way we have trained ourselves to perceive things. Once again, my note, trained ourselves to perceive things is our conditioning. It's our programming. It's the stuff that we talk about so often. He goes on to say, you might say that we add flavors, colors, and values such that we experience what we believe, then swear to the authenticity of those facts. And he has those in quotes. And then skipping over a little bit, and we must be aware of our personal biases. Once again, my note, that's our programming. And how we human beings color everything that we experience. The psychologists call that process projection. In a real sense, projection makes perception to a high degree. In no small degree, we see what we believe. And then the interviewer says, hmm, okay, doctor, but might not there be objective sensory facts? And his answer, although you and I share the same biological architecture and function, Perhaps what I perceive as a distinct color and smell is not exactly equal to the color and smell you perceive. We may give the same name to similar perceptions, but we cannot know how they relate to the reality of the outside world. Perhaps we never will. So, and this is our interviewer saying, if according to modern neurology, even our most objective and detailed first-person exposures are altered and colored by the perspective that we bring to an experience, there you go, once again, our conditioning. What makes us think we can communicate objectively to the second person? Is it any wonder that relationships are so difficult? Who's right? Of course, in one sense, this is my editorializing again, everybody and nobody. So our interviewer concludes by saying, the first step in honest communication is to abandon the myth of an objective perspective. Those who claim they can offer it are either hopelessly naive or dazzlingly arrogant. So there you go. And so now we need to look at once again, the fact that we are, in fact, experiencing our outer world as the equivalent of our inner world. So why aren't we really excited at the idea, I can remember my past as everybody being happy and supportive. Notice how suspicious that ego gets. 
although that opportunity is here for us, it doesn't want to cooperate. Notice how your ego does not want to let go of those stories about who mistreated you, when you were a victim, when things didn't work out, and you think, why am I so in love with the stories about when I was victimized or mistreated? There is a reason, and here's what it is. At a level that most of us will never access, we feel terrified that we have somehow lost our innocence, that we are not beautiful and good and true and magnificent as we were created and as we are, although we don't pay attention to that. We just are terrified. And you might say, I don't feel terrified about that. This is so deep, so painful, so unconscious that we're rarely ever totally aware of the grief that we experience related to this. But notice that we tend to run the words innocent victim together as if that were one five-syllable word, innocent victim. All of our newscasters want to find out who's guilty, who's to blame. We can't go any further until we know who the bad guys are. Got to sort out the good guys and the bad guys. But the issue is, I am afraid now that the only way I have any hope of being innocent is if other people are the really bad ones who do something to me, that they're the villains. After all, if I suffer at their hands, I must somehow be the innocent one because they're clearly the bad ones. So there is this very strong built-in objection to letting go of being a victim. And yet we pay a terrible price for deciding being a victim is a good idea. That keeps us feeling punished all the time. So we have to remember I haven't lost my innocence. So I don't need to try to get some sort of fake innocence. I must be innocent because I'm a victim like, okay, now I have this handled. There's nothing to handle. You haven't ruined yourself. You have not lost your innocence. So what we actually want to do is to look at our very vicious separated egos that always feel powerless and furious. And as once I've regulated those emotions, once I've let go of whatever the current issue is, then I need to start my own reprogramming. I need to focus on, I am the light of the world. I am good. I am as I was created. We need to give that our full undivided attention. Roll that idea around in your mind because this is the reprogramming we want to do to move us to the place where we can recognize I don't have to buy any fake innocence by being a victim and making other people be the villains. I'm already innocent. Changing my basic nature is beyond my capacity to do with my thinking mind. And so now more and more and more, I'm going to occupy my attention with, I am good. I am innocent. I am beautiful. And then once I know and begin to feel more and more my own innocence, I wouldn't dream of recreating my past, penciling in all those other folks to be the villains and the bad guys. We would see that everybody loses and nobody wins when we do that. 
So I want to look and realize everybody's innocent, everybody's good. I want to remember only that we're all here for each other and all is well. I hope that makes sense. I hope you practice. It's very important. Bye for now. (music) 